Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From KMOX Sports. The young swings and that's a high fly ball. Billikens win! Billikens win! This is Sports Open Line. It's a grand slam! Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice. Yes! KMOX. We have lost Jay Randolph Jr., one of the great people in St. Louis to begin with. Before I tell you about his great career, one of the best people to begin with. Jay Randolph Jr., a supportive person is how I would describe him, a happy person, Uh, somebody who when he walked into the room would light it up. Uh, He passed away today at the age of 53 after a battle with cancer. He announced not long ago that he had terminal cancer, and it is heartbreaking to see someone who we had so much fun with and enjoyed for so long in this business of radio. I never did work alongside Jay Jr., but knew him like a friend, which tells you something about him. We worked at different radio stations throughout my 25 years working in radio here in St. Louis, but whenever we saw each other, it was an absolute joy. And this is a story that you're going to hear from so many different people. We'll tell you the same thing, that when I first started in the business, Jay Jr. was supportive. He was encouraging. He didn't make things serious. He took the business, of course, of covering golf and sports and talk radio seriously, but no doubt he didn't take himself seriously. One of the things that he commented when he was visiting with my friend uh, Tim McKernan when he made the announcement was that in his 53 years, he had done so much in that window of time that he did feel like he had accomplished so many things and he had seen more than most people. And so for that... He was very grateful. But boy, would we like to have more time with Jay Randolph Jr. His father, the Hall of Famer, uh, his grandfather was uh, a senator. He was uh, from a family of greatness, and he continued on carrying on that family tradition in such a beautiful way through the game of golf, through the airwaves. And most importantly, through friends. And that's how he will be known for a long, long time, is that Jay Randolph was a friend 
to so many. Was he a great storyteller? Absolutely. <laughs> and a great radio man, but he was a friend. And that was what made him so effective and why he had so many fans, both inside and outside of radio, is that you felt like you were spending time with your friend when you listened to Jay Jr. or when you ran across him at an event or if you happened to see him play golf. And by the way, he was a dynamite, dynamite golfer. We will miss Jay Randolph Jr. Uh, that news came over just a little while ago that he passed away this morning at the age of 53. Had a great laugh, too. An, inf- <laughs> an infectious laugh. that You couldn't help but laugh when you heard Jay Jr. laugh. So we'll miss you, Jay Jr. We'll miss you uh, tremendously. And I wanted to make sure that we start the show the proper way to pay tribute to Jay Randolph Jr. And we'll catch up with one of his friends, Bob Ramsey, in just a bit here on KMOX. Meantime, we are live courtside at Chaffetz Arena where Rammer does his men's games. We are here for the women's game. SLU against Green Bay. Again, Rebecca Tillett taking her billikins onto the floor against Kevin Borseth, who's been in college basketball for 36 years as a head coach and for years beyond that. So we'll see experience against a younger up-and-coming coach in Tillett. As I mentioned, the men play Maryland tomorrow, and the soccer team plays on Sunday in Bloomington against Indiana, advancing to the second round of the NCAA tournament after beating Memphis yesterday 4-2 to two in overtime. You may be saying, well, how do they win 4-2 to two in overtime? Well, the rules now are you play out overtime. So they play the entire length of overtime, and that's what they did. They scored two goals in that OT, and they won over Memphis. So SLU against Memphis, they take two out of three. The women lost to Memphis, and season came to an end, one to nothing. The men's basketball team won here at Chaffetz in a terrific game, 90-84, to earlier this week on a Tuesday night. And then the soccer team took care of business last night with a 4-2 to win at Herman Stadium to advance to play Indiana, the 13 overall seed. Should be great against two traditional powerhouses in college soccer. In fact, those two right there, SLU and Indiana, the most NCAA appearances ever between the two of them. And SLU has actually won 10 national championships. Nobody has ever touched that. Indiana has won eight. SLU has won 10, but they haven't won one since the early 1970s. They would love to make another run like they did last year. When we come back, a lot of activity in the way of baseball. The Cardinals were involved in it. We'll sort it out for you next. And then we'll hear from the MVP, Paul Goldschmidt. The Cardinals' first baseman won it, had a few things to say about winning that award, how the season ended this year, and how he's turning the page and looking forward to 2023. Tom Ackerman, Sports Open Line, courtside, Chaffetz Arena, back after this on KMOX. Welcome back. Sports Open Line coming to you courtside from Chaffetz Arena. St. Louis University women's basketball later on KMOX. Pre-game is coming up at 647 as the Billikens take on Green Bay. Uh, we're going to hear from the MVP, Paul Goldschmidt, in the next segment. Also, thank you for letting me open by saying a few words about Jay Randolph Jr., who passed away earlier this morning at the age of 53 after his fight with cancer. What a wonderful man and Uh, We'll continue to say our prayers and send our love to the Randolph family. 
The Cardinals were active today as they signed five minor leaguers, but let me start with the bigger news, and that is that Alex Reyes is now a free agent. A long run for Alex Reyes and the St. Louis Cardinals, but injuries caught up with him, and over time, the difficulty just getting a full season together. You're talking about somebody who last year, talking about 2021, was the closer for this team. He was an all-star closer for this Cardinals team. He ended up finishing the season on a down note. Earlier in the season, in spring training, before spring training even got started, renewed soreness in that right arm. As it turned out, it was not going to allow him to come back with this team. So the Cardinals' top prospect in 2015, that's how far back this goes. He made his debut in 2016. And he was actually made his professional debut for the Cardinals almost a decade ago. Alex Reyes started with the Johnson City Cardinals in 2013. He made 12 starts for them back then. In 14, he was climbing up the charts as a prospect. In 15, he was a top 50 prospect in all of baseball. I mentioned in 16, that's where he finally made his Major League debut. And then from there, he made his way to the club and in 17, tore his UCL in his right elbow. Had Tommy John surgery, missed all of 17. He started to rehab in 18. I remember going down to Springfield and watching him pitch an unbelievable game. I was there in attendance on May 19th when Alex pitched seven and two-thirds scoreless innings. He allowed one hit that day, one. He struck out 13, and that tied a Springfield team record. I remember it well. It's one of the best pitching performances I have ever seen. I don't care if it's against double-A. I don't care if it was against air. It was a tremendous display. So to think back at what Alex has been through, up and down, DL stints, it's, it's tough because when things started to go well for him, he would have a setback, injuries, unfortunately never got to where he wanted to be with the Cardinals and never got where the Cardinals wanted him to be. But hopefully he's able to get back with another team and continue his career. I hope the best for Alex Reyes. But the Cardinals made the decision today to not tender him a contract for 23. They also do the same with Ben Deluzio. Deluzio, who was basically a defensive replacement for the Cardinals, came in, joined the club, pretty late in the year and really added a speed element to them and good defense in the outfield but as you know the cardinals have a lot of outfielders currently and they have to kind of sort out what they have there anyway and deluzio didn't really figure to be a factor in any sort of starting rotation in the outfield but a good defensive replacement nonetheless and he'll land with somebody out there so the cardinals on that note did bring back a familiar name you remember this name Oscar Mercado, he is back with the club. The Cardinals signed him today after four years, mostly with the Cleveland Guardians, but he also was with Philadelphia. He is one of the five minor league free agents 
that the Cardinals signed today. Former second-round draft pick Oscar Mercado is back with the team. He's 28 years old now. He has 278 Major League games under his belt. He was part of a 2018 trade. Do you remember who the Cardinals acquired for Mercado? John Torres and Connor Capel, both of them outfielders. He was drafted in the second round in 2013, so going back to Alex Reyes' days. Batted 235 with 26 home runs, 95 RBIs, 27 stolen bases over four major league seasons. So the Cardinals are going to try to have Mercado Part 2 and see what he can do in their organization. They also signed Logan Sawyer, a former pick of the Colorado Rockies, pitched three of the last four years in Australia. They signed Taylor Motter. He's an infielder. He's 33 years old, former draft pick of the Tampa Bay Rays. They signed Juniel Caracudo, who is a shortstop. Caracudo is 30 years old, last played in the major leagues with the Rays in 2016. Spent five seasons since with minor league affiliates of the Rays, Giants, Diamondbacks, Reds. Five winter seasons in the Venezuelan League. And they signed 24-year-old Kenny Hernandez. He's a left-handed pitcher. And Hernandez most recently signed as an international free agent with the Diamondbacks and went as high as double-A. And we know yesterday they signed Chris Stratton to a one-year contract. So that's the Cardinals' transactions. That's the activity that they had. And when we come back, we'll hear from someone who has had plenty of activity over the last 24 hours. That is the MVP, Paul Goldschmidt. I'm Tom Ackerman, Sports Open Line, courtside at Chaffetz Arena. Goldie is next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam. This is Sports Open Live. On America's Sports Voice. Kansas City. KMOX. Welcome back. Courtside, Chaffetz Arena. Tom Ackerman with you on KMOX as the St. Louis Billikens women's team is about to take on Green Bay. We'll have pregame on the way at 647. Tip-off at 702. Looking forward to bringing you that call right here. We're also the home of the St. Louis Cardinals. And yesterday it was announced, as anticipated for a long time, I think by the middle of the season we knew this was going to happen, the MVP of the National League, Paul Goldschmidt and the Cardinals' first baseman visited with the media. First question from the Athletics, Katie Wu. And the first question comes from the line of Katie Wu with the Athletic St. Louis. Please proceed with your question. Hi, Paul. It's Katie. Congratulations on on your award. What an exciting opportunity for you. Throughout the 2022 season, you uh, resembled a a pretty humble approach to your accomplishments, no matter the, the accolade or the time of season. As you sit here with the 2022 season coming to an end, it's kept left on. What what is the impact of what you've been able to do really set in for you? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's been great. It was, you know, a disappointing end of the year, like I, I talked to you all about. But as far as uh, being able to play the way I played in, in the regular season in the team, it was it was obviously a great year. And, um, you know, that's what you set out to do is to go out and play play well at the beginning of the year. I mean, it's not like the goal to win the MVP, but you want to go play well and, and do your part and was able to do that and, um, you know, have a very consistent year with, you know, probably the exception of the last few weeks and the first few weeks. But, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs throughout the year, and that's part of it. So, you know, it's a great honor to win not just this award, but the other ones that, you know, have come this week and in the past couple of weeks, and I'm and, and proud of that. But, you know, again, you're you're always looking forward to next year and, and trying to, uh, you know, play well and, and improve and, and try to, you know, win the World Series is the ultimate goal. I know there's only one team that does it, but that's definitely the goal. And the next question comes from the line of Jeff Jones with uh, Bellevueville News Democrat. Please proceed with your question. Hey, Paul, congratulations. Um, to Katie's point, you know, when we asked you during the year about ups and downs and streets and numbers and all that stuff, I know you're really good at deflecting all of that. How much will you let yourself celebrate this? How much will you let yourself kind of enjoy it and get in the accomplishment that you had this season? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. And I mean, you sit, I mean, for me, what happened is after we lost in the playoffs, I was pretty down for a few days, but I think, you know, unfortunately or fortunately time heals, uh, all wounds they say. And so eventually you sit back, you know, that was a, a pretty, pretty dang good year. You know, I didn't play well in the playoffs and we didn't play well as a team. So that, that stings and use that as motivation. But I, I mean, I think there's been time where I reflect like, man, that was, you know, to me, that was the best year I've had in my career. So even if I didn't have, didn't win the MVP award. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, even if I didn't win the award, I mean, this is the best individual year I've had, the best I've played, the most consistent I've been. Um, I even felt like 2021 was, you know, could have been my best as well. So, you know, kind of my goal coming into this year was to, to try to kind of replicate what I did, especially in the second half. And I wanted to get off to a good start. Um, kind of happened, kind of didn't. You know, those first few weeks and months, I was – doing okay, but, you know, I wasn't really driving the ball and, you know, I was just kind of, I mean, that's what happens. And, and then was able to kind of get going in May and June and, um, you know, end up just kind of keep it going again until then where I, I kind of individually struggled there. But, you know, there's going to be some ups and downs. So uh, obviously proud of what I was able to do this year. And I've said it many, many times, it doesn't happen without so, so many people. I mean, we don't have enough time, if even if I just started listing names to, to thank all the people that have <clears throat> been part and, and taught me things that I've learned from and supported me and helped me. Um, I said, you know, starting with my family and my wife and, and kids and parents and all the way down to our, you know, teammates and, and coaches and people I played with when I was younger and little league coaches and all the way back. I mean, so many people have influenced me. So <clears throat> I'm happy to have this award and we'll celebrate that and have gotten so many text messages and phone calls and it'll be great. I mean, even before I won the award, I was getting a lot of text messages the past week and, and the, today, you know, hey, I'm so proud of you and great job. And I was able to tell a lot of people, um, you know, thank you. Hey, I wouldn't be in this position without you. And um, those are very true words. I didn't, I'm not just saying that just to make someone feel good. They're very true and, and I mean them. And so regardless of what the outcome was tonight, I was, you know, thankful to be able to have that communication with a lot of those people and, and enjoy it. And so uh, I definitely will do that. But, I mean, I've already been working towards next year. I mean, I think probably a, a day, two, three days, after, you know, after we lost, I was 
you know, already focused on trying to get, you know, improve and get ready for next year. And the next question comes from the line of John Denton with MLB.com. Please proceed with your question. Paul, congratulations. Um, I, I know you're not a, a me guy, not an awards guy. MVP is not your goal. But you finished second twice. You finished third. I think you were top six five different times. Uh, th- does it give more satisfaction to, you know, finally get over the hump and win this award that, you know, only few players in the history of the league get to win this award? Uh, does it mean more after, you know, coming close so many times? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, <clears throat> a great storyline. And But I just haven't felt that. I never felt like I was missing something. I felt like I had some great years throughout my career and, you know, some other guys in those individual years had played better than me and won the MVP. I mean, to finish second or third or top five or six is, I mean, top 10, that's a great year. I mean, anyone's going to take that. I didn't feel like I was one to prove anything or, or miss out on anything. It just, you know, you want to go out there and play well and you want to do your job and you want to help the team win. And, and that was what the goal was. So it's great. I mean, this will be a very special year. If I would have finished second or third tonight or, or, or fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever, it's still I would have looked back and said this was a, <clears throat> a great individual year. And like I said, that was my, my best year that I've, I felt like I've had individually. And so I was very proud of that. Um, but, you know, you always want to improve and get better. So um, it'll be nice. It'll be great to look back on it and have the MVP award and be able to, you know, be recognized um, for that. But, I mean, I was already very proud of, of all those of previous seasons when I, I had good years, but <clears throat> maybe didn't finish first. And uh, equally as, as proud for this year. Thank you. And the next question comes from the line of Ben Fredrickson with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Please proceed with your question. Hey, Paul, congrats again. Um, I realize this sounds like crazy to ask a guy who had the season that uh, you had, like, how do you, how do you replicate, you know, the month that you had before September, because there are a lot of guys who would have loved to have a month like, like you had in the month before September. But because you said you've already, you know, gone to work and are thinking on next season and you study everything about your game, have you been able to pinpoint anything in your research or talking with the staff that you felt like uh, maybe slowed you down a little bit uh, the last month of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a really good question, and I think the question, to just be very honest, is to figure out if the end of the season, if it happened because it was the end of the season where I didn't play, or if it just, you know, if, if the season would have been another month longer, if I would have, you know, played well the next month and never thought about it, because there's going to be struggles. So, you know, I think I don't have the 100% answer for that, but I've definitely talked and tried to see what I can adjust in my kind of off-field training to – make sure I stay fresh, you know, throughout the whole year as best I can. I didn't feel fatigued or tired in September. I felt fresh. I felt good. But I'm always looking to say maybe there was something I missed or maybe something I can improve on. Um, same thing with, with hitting is in, in my swing is, you know, it wasn't where it needed to be. But, I mean, there's plenty of games and times throughout the year where I was like, man, this maybe doesn't feel great. And then you go get two hits and a walk and, and nobody knows the difference. And so – um, and then, you know, usually what happens is one day it just clicks. So, you know, a lot of times y'all were asking me about that and, you know, and I, and I did feel good. You always feel good. You just never know what the results are going to be. And so it, 
because I ended the year not playing well, it, it is kind of weird. And I think that's, you know, why the playoffs hurt so bad is because I, I didn't get a hit or, or anything in the playoffs. And I came up with guys on base. And, you know, I feel like if I could have got the job done, we could have won that series and, and gone on and had a chance to win. Um, but that didn't happen. So, you know, I've talked with Turner uh, Ward, you know, who's now the hitting coach. And we have an off-season review that was put together, you know, that will all look at different things. And sometimes it's not what you did wrong that you can correct, but sometimes it's what you did good and, and how can I repeat that. So it's really the same process I've gone through in previous years is kind of identify things that I thought I did well, um, times in the year I was playing well, and, and make sure that, you know, I make a note of those and, and try to replicate that. And then the times that you struggle and say, okay, if I now with some perspective and have gone to that, what could we maybe have done a little differently? And there's no like wholesale changes. Um, it's, it's very, very subtle things. Maybe we could have tried this. Maybe I could have done that. Or, hey, you know, this drill really worked at this time. And we kind of, you know, maybe could have tried that again. So there's no correct answer. It's just it's very similar to every other year. I mean, I did it last year which was a great year. I think I finished sixth in the MVP, and I, I ended up you know, playing well at the end. But it was like, all right, why did I maybe struggle at certain times or when, why did I play well and just kind of evaluate that. So it's no different than any other year, but um, just subtle things. And we don't have the answer, but you're like, hey, you know, just let's keep our eye out for this or maybe we can work on this in training and stuff like that. Thank you. And the next question comes from the line of Barrett Gould, also with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Please proceed with your question. Hi, Paul. Uh, allow me to join the chorus of my colleagues here in St. Louis and congratulate you. <laughs> we could have just MVP. met down the road or something. <laughs> no, I, I thought about that. We could have just, yeah, we could have done this in person, right? Instead of, we could have went to uh, Bush Stadium or something. Yeah, well, sometime. Right, I'm sorry, sure we'll go ahead. There. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, if you'll permit me two questions. Um, um, first, uh, you, you, uh, you've talked a lot about how much you're kind of the sum of your mentors and your teammates, how you've learned baseball from the people you've been around. And that got me thinking about, like, a lot of the all-round players you've been around, including Nolan this year, got the chance to play with Albert this year, um, you know, World Baseball Classic teammates, things like that. I wonder, through your years, what do you think is most – is is the way to define like a valuable player to a baseball team. What goes into that? Is it just offense or is it much more than that? Um, obviously it's much more. You can win the game in many different ways. You talked about guys I've learned from. My first manager in the big leagues was Kirk Gibson. And, and one of the first things he taught me was, hey, you might not contribute offensively, but you can win the game on defense. And, you know, so that was always stuck with me from the first time I got called up was, you know, to make sure I'm playing well on defense or I'm doing something with base running. And so I think that's just one example. I mean, each person is going to play to their skill set. If the guy's great defensively and not as great of a hitter, then you know, he's probably going to contribute a lot defensively. But there's different facets of the game. And, you know, for me, I try to do all of them to the best of my ability. And uh, there's just no reason to, to leave anything that I could possibly do, you know, without trying to do it. A few times in this call, you've referred to this past year as your best season. Um, what, do you, what do you mean by best? Do you just mean statistically, or is there a deeper meaning to that that, that goes beyond the field that, that you really felt internally? Uh, no, I mean, I think this is the best statistically. You'd have to look at them. I mean, I felt like 
I felt like last year, or 2021, so whatever year we want to call that, could have been my best year. I mean, if I look back at my stats, 2015 was probably my best year as a player. Um, I finished second in MVP that year. 13 could have been up there, but I think I did better in 15. So when you just kind of reflect, you know, and then I I thought last year, or 2021, it just didn't play as great the first couple of months and just played so well you know, that second half really the last four months and kind of mm-hmm. my mindset going into this year was, man, if I can continue that, that was my whole off season goal. I mean, you want to build on it and get better, but kind of felt like I had kind of found something in that year. And in 2020, I played well as two, you know, but it was two months. And then I just felt like my goal was to just kind of try to get that ready to go for opening day for, 2022. I mean, I played, I mean, you were there. I played great in spring training. I was, that was the best spring training I ever had. That's Paul Goldschmidt, the National League MVP, visiting with the media after winning that award for the first time. And really some insightful things there from him about where he is in his career, his outlook on 23, how 22 ended, but also saying over and over, that it was his best season statistically, too, as he accentuated right there at the end of that conversation. Here we are keeping an eye on stats in the area of women's basketball. It is SLU and Green Bay, and it's coming up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 